Mood.tv Well, everybody, welcome back to uh, another edition of Let Me Ask You a Question, as you'll find out. Once again, the Greg man is not with us, but he just moved to Texas, like just mere days ago. So he's getting set up there. So we can't hold it against him. Also, we're recording on his birthday. This will be very late by the time you hear it. But, you know, happy birthday in the past, Greg man. Yeah, you old ass now, bro. Yeah, welcome to the club. We're all getting long in the tooth. Yeah, we're way too old to have a midlife crisis now. So if you were going to have one, time has passed. I thought the midlife crisis was always, I mean, we're probably technically past our midlife, mate. We're close. Close. Oh, maybe you guys are close. But I always feel like the midlife crisis, like you start buying leather stuff in your 40s. I thought that's how that goes. That's if you live to be 80. I mean, I'm not going to be 80. My midlife crisis was 16. <laughs> no, but I mean, just like the concept of midlife crisis. I always picture like, you know, 40s, 50s. That's when you buy the new car. It's true. I don't think it's like a floating scale. I don't think you're half. It's not like, oh, my halfway point. Right. Even though that's what mid means. I think you're right. It's usually like 40s. Yeah, it's always too late. Yeah. It's always what is too late already to like really reshape your whole vibe. I wonder how many people really successfully reshape their entire vibe. Like how many people start wearing leather pants and everybody around them's like, yeah. Well, we know George Clooney did it. And we know Greg just moved to Texas, so he's going to reinvent himself as the Southern Rustler. <laughs> he's going to change careers. Wrestler or rustler? Yep. <laughs> All right. I'm a wrestling rustler. <laughs> what is rustling <laughs> as, like, uh, a career? you got to rustle up some grub. <laughs> like food or... And isn't that the expression? You're going to rustle something up. Yeah, you're going to rustle something up. But uh, is ru- like, what is rustling? Is it just looking for stuff? Rustling through... Yeah, I think so. It's like ruffling adjacent, but it's more searching than fluffing. Hmm. Interesting. If your name is Russell, please call in and let us know what this is all about. <laughs> I do wonder if, if the Gregor man will endorse Texas style. If he'll get into cowboy boots and leather in that way and cowboy hats and fringe. I hope a lot of fringe. It's interesting because, like, there is some... Uh, it's not all aesthetics, like... To wear cowboy boots protects you from the scorpions. Oh, yeah, sure. Harder to get in there. You know, because you, you think like, ah, why? But you want some protection. They they have different bugs there and bigger snakes. and Yeah. Everything's bigger in Texas. Yeah, having to shake out your boots for scorpions doesn't, never sounded appetizing to me while I was in Texas. No, but that baby going to grow up real strong. Yeah. Oh, totally. Fighting scorpions. <laughs> Scorpion fighting. <laughs> Well, anyways, we don't have, we don't we don't have the Greg man here, but we miss him. Hope everybody is staying inside from our wonderful COVID epidemic. So there's uh there's that. We are in the midst of that. We're recording. I don't know when you'll hear this, but we're recording on March 14th. So this is just the beginning of what are certain to be good times <laughs> in the most ironic sense of the word. Uh, so you know, but maybe you can listen to this and have a little giggle. Although my question's pretty dark. <laughs> Yeah, and if you got kids, you know, have fun with them being home. I know it's like probably an inconvenience to you, but you know, that's it's just. I was uh, talking about how like when I was a kid, we had the blizzard of '92. We were home from two weeks from the snow, and how my kids gonna be like, 
When I was a kid, I was in constant fear from getting shot in school, and then they closed the schools down to a, a national epidemic. <laughs> and uh, I think we had it a little bit easier. <laughs> I think we had it a little bit easier. <laughs> what a time to be alive for a few more weeks. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the, here's the question. It, it, my question basically has stemmed from irritation about what the things I've seen people post on things like Instagram, or Facebook. And one of the things that has kind of rubbed me the wrong way the most is people posting things like like this. We got this New York City. <laughs> <laughs> that's a double entendre about a virus that yeah, I ever heard. I mean, that's funny in, in its own right, <laughs> the fact that it could be read in two ways. Coronavirus. We got this. <laughs> yeah. So that alone is funny. I like that aspect of it. But I got to thinking... My question is something, this is a little nebulous, but my question is something like, and we can remove it from COVID and putting it on, put it on something more particular, like uh, cancer. And my question is, I feel that a phrase like, we got this, is overused in the face of mortal, sometimes mortal illness. And my question is, how certain do you have to be before it just becomes insulting? that you're going to survive. You know, if the doctor comes to you and you got the big C and they're, they say, eh, a couple more months, do you still say we got this? When do you stop saying we got this? I think you do. I think I, I, I hope is a weird, is a weird drug, man. And it's not something I think you choose to have as much as you as, as much as we're told that you like, you got to hold on to hope from the outside and all, like you're saying, all these motivational posters and whatnot, it seems uh, a little silly. But whenever you are dealing with something like that, you do need the hope because, like, why get up at all? Why not just shit your pants and do nothing? Like, sure, literally. So I think hope is one of those things like throwing your mom to the dogs or standing up to the <laughs> Soho Strangler or what have you that, like, when push comes to shove, your body kind of makes it for you. You you have to have that hope. And sometimes those little messages can be really helpful. And you're like, yeah, right on. We got this. And you see the little kitten <laughs> hanging on the branch. Yes. It's like, hang in there. You it's know, posters like, that you see in workplaces, you know. Yeah, I'm hanging in there. Yeah. Birds of a feather or whatever the fuck they are. But then I've also had moments, too, where I've seen that stuff and just been, like, so upset at the world because it's a roller coaster, you know. That that mentality and and you can you can grieve from something before, you can gr have have grief from just the information of something like that, you know. So exactly, uh, I'm gonna go fifty fifty or I'm gonna go seventy thirty. Oh yeah, I was gonna say fifty. Yeah, 50. eighty twenty. I'm gonna say mostly positive with some 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 lows, but those lows are really low. I think so. Wait, so you have to have an eighty eighty percent chance of survival in order for that phrase to be okay to throw around? No, no, no. I think at any survival rate from zero to 100, I think around 80% of the time, you're going to be like, that's pretty funny. All right. Even if you think it's ironically funny, you're going to you're gonna have a positive, uh, you're going to feel positively about seeing that 80% of the time, the other 20% of the time, you're just going to be like, I hate everything. That makes sense. I'm wondering, I'm wondering when it becomes, though, to the... Even if it's just, if you picture this scenario, when does it become insulting to you 
when somebody says we got this? You know, like what chances do you need to survive in order to not be insulted? For instance, if I knew, well, wait, I, I guess we're supposed to talk about me during the break, after the break. We'll wait till after the break. I'm going to keep figuring out ways to question this until we can get to the break. But do you know what I mean? Well, yeah, and again, I don't think it's like a, a percentage thing. I think it's an in-the-moment thing because I think that our personality and mentality is more fluid than it seems. And if I haven't had my morning coffee or if I'm a little hungry or if I just got laid, those are three different times of the day where I have the same information where they're going to hit me different, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think it's really more about my mood and not so much like the diagnosis. Cause it's, 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 I see. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah. I don't think there's a number, a magic number where I'd be like, I'm done. Because I think even if they're like, you're going to die tomorrow, I'd be like, all right, we'll see. Oh, you know? I guess, yeah, that was my next question. My next question was to make it really, of course, as I do, was to make it really stark. The doctor comes in and says, you got a couple days. You're, you're definitely, definitely going to die. No doubt about it. And then the person you're with says, we got this. You, there's no offense. You would be hopeful. Even, even, if, even if you were the hip happiest person you could be in that moment. Then in that case, I would. I would I'd probably find it endearing. If I was in that good mood, then yeah, I'd probably be like, yeah, yeah, we got this. You I know? guess the next question is, how, how good a mood can you be in? You know, do you, think, do you think people get that information and they're ever in a, a really good mood? No. I, I would <laughs> yeah, no. I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. I've gotten like... I've been told at a diner that they ran out of coffee and I've been in like a worse mood. So I can't even imagine getting news like that. They're like, yeah, we don't have the steak. And I'm just like, ugh. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's got to be right. So that's what I'm wondering. If your mood is kind of really, you know, shadowed, are you ever just insulted? And then to broaden it then, I'm wondering about something like this disease that I feel, you know, could be really pretty fucking detrimental and just throwing around phrases like we got this was instantly irritating to me jeez it is so ironic that they would pick that phrase too yeah (laughs) what are you serious did nobody think about that really (laughs) oh man and do you ever say you got this or is it always we do you ever say you got this you got this yeah we're trying to motivate somebody else oh i see all right or is it you can beat this thing or it's not we can beat this thing. Like it's it's on you. It can, it can be both. <laughs> if it's a team thing, you say we got this. If it's like you know you're rooting for somebody else, you got this. <laughs> Whatever it's the coronavirus, you, you got this. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. But I mean, is it is it rude? Even not okay. Even not to Corona, but something like like cancer. That's more you know you can't obviously spread it you just have it and do i say you got this or do i say we got this in the face of is it rude to say you got this like it's putting the onus on them yeah i think we is a little bit softer of a a lob (laughs) you got this yeah (laughs) as you back slowly out of the room inflection is of the utmost importance whenever you say that stuff (laughs) tone is you 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 got this versus like you got this <laughs> I want to meet the person that would say that. <laughs> you got this? That would that would almost make it seem like you're disappointed in them. Oh yeah. You got this? You got this? Like of course you got this. Of course you got this. <laughs> yeah, you got this. Like now it's, you're blaming them. Yeah, how was it? Was there an exclamation point at the end of that we got this? Cuz maybe we're maybe we're reading it wrong. Maybe it's uh... Maybe they literally did mean we all have the disease now. <laughs> Maybe that's what they meant, but it didn't seem yeah. like it. It seemed 
it seemed to be an emotionally supportive kind of thing to say. But I don't know. I think this is why this is why doctors I bet have a hard time being funny and uplifting. You know, I find doctors in most of my experience, some have a sense of humor, but there's there's a seriousness to them just because you can't be we've talked about this before in the show, but I, I think it's morally or ethically weird to be a basically funny person and give people news that they're gonna die. Yeah. Like being a funny oncologist seems rife with ethical quandaries. Yeah, if you're delivering that kind of news, you have to be very Swiss about it, if you will. You know, very just neutral. Right. You know, because you really want the person to process it however. Yeah. And and however they can process it. So if they happen to make a joke, the person who's getting the information, then I could see being able to tell a joke. Right. You know, you got to kind of play the room, I think, when it comes to giving that kind of information. Oh, the most. Yeah, being a doctor has got to be, it's interesting, the acting that has to go into be now. Of course, my experience of doctors is they're not acting. They just are kind of stoic often, which I think they should be. I think that seems a professional way to be. But I think you have to definitely know how to play the room because you can't come in guns ablaze and all jokey and then be like, by the way, three months. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've, had, I've had mixed bags with my experience of doctors, but it does depend on where you're at. I remember, I think when I was really little, I was getting my tonsils taken out and I was a little nervous. And so the getting like wheeled to the room so the doctor made some sort of joke so that was good or like when I was with my dad we was like one of the surgeons and everything was fine it was kind of a routine thing and we were nervous so he'd make a joke totally appropriate it wasn't like he was like that wasn't a, a distasteful joke you know it was a light joke totally fine you know but yeah if you're delivering hardcore news you can't be that is not the time. That is not the time to uh, work on your material. But that's why generally if you extrapolate that, you can't just be funny. Because if you're super funny all the time and then you come in not funny, that's got to be terrifying as a patient. Oh, yeah. I got gotcha. you. So it has to kind of encase your entire presence how you're going to be. You can't just be a funny person and give people bad news and then not be funny. It's, it, that's why you got to lead with stoicism as a doctor, it seems to me. I would love to talk to a doctor about that. This past week on NPR, they had, um, what was his name, Patch Adams? Oh, the guy that, yeah, that was, that was about the Patch Adams guy, yeah. And that, that's, I, would, I didn't listen to the interview, but it's on NPR if anybody's interested. I'm probably podcastable. I bet that would be a really interesting cat for those kinds of questions because he's a clown. Right. Does he deliver that information and when does he and how does he? I, I think his, I could be wrong, was to make the kids happy. Right. Yeah, I remember. I remember the movie anyways. I don't know much about the actual actual dude, but I remember Robin, Robin Williams in that movie. So he comes in one day and his clown make, makeup's got the tears on it, and then you're like, something's up or something. Like, I don't know how that would play out. Yeah, that's got to be super weird. I don't want a clown telling me I got three months. Or maybe you always want a clown because if he comes in without the clown makeup, then you know something's up. Oh, yeah, maybe if you're... Ooh, I don't know. Yeah, see? That's, I'm curious about this, man. Yeah, it's dicey. Let's take a break and think about it. We'll be right back. Oh, 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 
Welcome back, everybody. So, in my case, whew, I think I would have to have an almost 100% chance of survival in order to not be irritated by somebody saying something like that. <laughs> I think there's a certain amount of hubris and purporting to know the future in saying things like that. And maybe I'm just being a negative Nancy, but I think I would just immediately be upset. Would it depend at all on who is giving you that comment? Like if, say, Meredith was giving it to you versus me versus uh, some TV personality? Would there, would there be anybody that could soften that blow? If the doctor comes in and says to me, they say, you have got an 80% chance of survival. But with the proper medication and the proper whatever you need to get better, then we got this. That perhaps is the only person that would be able to say that to me, and it would make any sense. Yeah, okay. Because if anybody else says it, it seems speculative. Yeah, sure, yeah. And I think it would just it would just make me, I would be irritated. I would understand where they're coming from, this being hopeful, you know, but I think just, I think it's an expression like that would just make me mad. Yeah. I sound like I sound like such an asshole. I guess. No, I, I I totally understand. I'm just I I know I've had moments like that where I'm trying to get my my health has thankfully knock on wood been pretty good. But uh, like to, to bring up my dad on every episode apparently this is part of my grieving process. But there was definitely <laughs> lots of uh, lots of times that there was conversations like that. But I'm sure I can't remember it any in the moment. And I'm sure we have audience members that have gone through things. And I'd be curious to see about, to keep it funny, nightmare stories where the doctor <laughs> maybe wasn't so couth, but also, you know, about, about how you, how you held, held on hope or, or lost hope at moments. I think that's important. Um, yeah. And I think it's an interesting thing to think about, but I, I do think this is another one of those, you got to be in the moment things and it could go either way. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you got to feel your feels. I mean, I that's absolutely, absolutely true. I could see if a doctor had, you know, doctors have knickknacks and shit. Knickknacks? Like the bird that dips its head in the water over and over again? Like that kind of a thing? Sometimes that, or like a boat and a ship, a ship in a bottle, or, you know, whatever. Oh, yeah, or the balls that bounce across and knock each other silly. The Benoit balls on strings. <laughs> yeah, yeah, those. Yeah, I mean... I could see getting the news delivered and then looking over something like that and just be like, what a fucking douchebag. You know, like just being upset about anything and everything. Oh, I see. Not the doc. I thought for a second you were saying the doctor is saying that. Like they give you the news that you're going to die and then they call you a fucking douchebag. Douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> that could happen too. Yeah, I don't know. You think any doctors ever deliver the news that somebody's terminally ill and they're kind of happy because they don't like the person? Oh, geez. I bet that does happen. <laughs> I'm sure. No doubt about it. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt about it. I always think, too, whenever I get any news from a doctor that, like, I get that you're a doctor and you've gone to a lot of school, but you could be a C student for all I know. So, like, I keep hoping that maybe they're wrong. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you're like, eh, maybe, uh... You know, I mean, I guess you got to get that second opinion. You got to hope the second opinion is much better. Yeah. And then you get the second opinion that you're like, you want to hear and they're wrong. And you're like, oh, no, <laughs> this is the darkest episode ever. It's pretty, pretty bleak. I mean, you know, I'm just I 
the reason I'm saying this is because I'm such a hypochondriac to begin with. So I feel as though whenever I have any kind of illness, it means certain death for me. And so I find I'm a little fragile, I think, around people pithily saying optimistic things. I think I just treat the whole thing a little bit more soberly. Yeah. Which is not good. You know, I'm sure there's something to just kind of blind faith and hope. And I think it's better probably to be that way. I am just not that way. And so I think I'm rubbed the wrong way more easily when somebody is purporting to have a more hopeful outcome than the facts are telling you. Yeah. I'm I'm with you on that instance uh, in the outside ways. But, like, I think if hopefully you and I are never presented with information that we've been referencing, but I think we would both surprise ourselves in those moments but I'm totally in agreement with like, I know that some marketing company was paid a hundred grand to come up with a slogan that's supposed to make me pick yourself up by your bootstraps, you know, like shit like that drives me nuts. Like, and then you're talking about the amount of money that goes into it and the dilly dallying, like, well, we use this pink because Pantone 117C4 is a color that we scientifically tested, makes your heart rate go up, and you're like, none of that's true. None of that shit's true. You're just fucking me. You're just, you're an asshole, getting paid by an asshole. Put something (laughs) out there to be an asshole, you know? Yeah, snake oil shit is the devil. Snake oil, yeah, we got this. (laughs) Yeah, we got this. Oh, man. got this? Oh, man. Uh, Yeah, also, you know, I will also say I've been extremely lucky in my own life that I have not been presented with that scenario. Yeah. So I don't know what it's like to only have something like hope. So, you know, I'm not trying to come off as a callous asshole either, even though I probably do, but I just know I'm a hypochondriac and my my headspace is always going to go to the most most negative thing. So I, I just think an expression like we got this would drive me crazy. But the whole reason I started thinking about this was because of the virus situation, which I'm store, sure by the airing of this episode is probably still raging and to have said things so so blithely sort of ignorant, I think, in my opinion, just seems like not a nice thing to do. It seems kind of unethical. Would you be able to get a picture of this thing? I'd love to see it. Uh, no, because I think it was a story on Instagram a couple of days ago, so I don't think I'd be able to. But I'm sure you could find it. Even okay. if you search, like, New York, we got this, or hopeful things about what's going on, you know, you'll just see a bunch of kind of... Uh, Silly expressions. Yeah, yeesh. That have no grounding in reality. Not to say that we won't make it. You know, it's like the world's not going to, it might get really bad, but there is going to, you know, we're going to make it out. It's going to happen. But there's just that kind of mentality, though, might cause a lot more death on the way. Yeah. (laughs) That's the problem. Yeah. It's just, it's a definite corporate facepalm. It's, yeah. The optics on that were, ugh. Right, right. You know, it's not it's not like a nine eleven where you there is a need to go out and live your life. This is you go out and live your life, you're you're putting everybody in danger. Yeah. And then you could say, <laughs> We got this. So I feel like expressions like that are just not really facing the the, the facts and so they just pissed me off. Yeah. Yeah, it should be like stay at home, reach out to a friend via the internet. You know, that would be a better slogan. Yeah. Right. <laughs> a little a little wordy, I know, but uh well, we don't got this. Go home. <laughs> <laughs> don't get this. Stay home. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to get this. Would be the good antithetical antimony to that. 
Well, uh, this has been an uplifting episode of Let Me Ask You a Question, the podcast. Why don't you dial in at 929-352-6173. Give us updates about your, your life, and hopefully everybody's happy and healthy. And give us, uh, you know, give us your money at moot.tv. You can give, donate to the coffee account. We will uh, use that to ensure that we stay happy and healthy. <laughs> and you can go to Lamayak Pod on Twitter or Instagram and check out things there and crawl around and, you know, but don't leave your home. Just stay safe and at home if you can. We have a great back catalog of episodes to listen to if you get bored. And, dude, like, uh, you know, in epidemics, people get lonely. So if you are feeling lonely, use that FaceTime or, or use that Google chat. There's a lot of free ways to communicate with people. It's totally cool. Check in on people, too, because there's that whole, you know, you, you, you see people in person, but you don't know what they're doing behind closed doors. <laughs> I'm not saying check on in that part, but some people aren't always uh, as open with, with their feelings and getting sad whenever they're by themselves. So just reach out to, reach out to people. It's, it's, it's a good time. It's a good excuse to, to do that. Yeah, explore all the good things about technology that we have. And, you know, we're doing this over Google Hangouts right now, so... It's now's the time to do that kind of a thing. And then if you get bored too, you'd be really surprised. I remember when I was eight years old, I would look in the mirror for hours at my taint. <laughs> it's just so weird down there. I mean, you did, yeah, just like explore part hours. Of- oh yeah, I mean probably days if you accumulated all the time. Oh, not consecutive hours. Uh, probably about an hour at a time though. Yeah, I'd just be like what? Really, just looking at your taint. It's like, did somebody sew me together down there? Why is there that little line? What is going on down there? Huh. Yeah. Do you have a taint fetish? Now? Yeah, you a taint man? Nah, there's nothing nothing really sexual about it. Just interesting. So you don't explore the taints of others? Taint. We got this. <laughs> <laughs> taint your wagon. No, nah, not really. Just, uh... But, you know, you might find your own interesting, is what I'm saying. Now you're an adult. You probably got all sorts of weird hairs growing out of there. I certainly do. Yeah, no doubt. I'm sure there's a lot of... I don't look at it, though, but I bet there's hairs... That... There's gotta be. Bound to be. Yeah. See, if you get bored... Examine your taint. Check it out. See, count your taint hairs. I want to know how many taint hairs you have if this goes into September, okay? <laughs> Dial in. Let us know how many taint hairs you have. That works for ladies and guys. We all got the taint. It's true. It's there for all of us, so let us know. Taint nothing but the area between your ass and your genitals. <laughs> taint misbehaving. <laughs> Uh, well, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, well, you know, it's been pretty dark, but I've still had a lot of laughs, so that's what we need right now. And we will talk to you next week on Let Me Ask You a Question. Mood.tv You got this?